0: Good morning, my friends, and welcome to yet another incredible installment of Morning Reload. From very high above all other puerile and insipid forms of Wyoming mainstream media, this is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson. Firmly ensconced behind the silver cowboy state politics microphone and broadcasting to you from the depths of the middle swamp in Cheyenne, Wyoming. You heard that right, my friends. For the foreseeable future, we'll be broadcasting from our southern command down here in Wyoming's Windy City of Cheyenne. The reason I call it the Windy City is I'm convinced that the source of Wyoming's wind comes directly from the Capitol building itself. One politician has enough hot air to fill up an entire room. Put 93 of them in the same building and you'll have gale force winds, which you've you've experienced if you've driven anywhere near the vicinity of Cheyenne. I know, I know, we've, we've all heard the joke that the reason the wind blows in Wyoming is that Montana sucks and Colorado blows. But it's just not true. The source of those gale force winds comes directly from the Capitol complex. If you've never visited our Wyoming Capitol building, you really ought to. It's a beautiful building, and it ought to be, considering all the money that we spent on it, the hundreds of millions of dollars. I'll make sure I take some pictures today when I go up to the Capitol building. I'll post them on CowboyStatePolitics.com. And that's another thing that irritates me, my friends. I've been told that I have to or I should obtain a press pass. Honestly, who doesn't know who I am? Every time I open those gigantic wooden doors on the Capitol Building, I'm met with some of the most amazing stares from all of the Redcoats. It's almost like they're welcoming me home. It just warms my heart. We begin this morning with the rules. All games have rules, my friends. Only the goalie can touch the ball with his hands. Only the knight can jump pieces on the board. Three strikes and you're out and pass interference will earn you half the distance to the goal. Yes, my friends, everything has rules, including the Wyoming state legislature, and all of them know this. Though very recently, Speaker of the House Albert Somers and President of the Senate Ogden Driscoll have been trying to convince you that they're completely unaware with the big problem concerning all of their proposed rule changes for this year's upcoming legislative session. As you no doubt are aware, we've been covering this story of their rule changes for the last couple of episodes. Recently, a letter was sent out to the 67th legislature from Albert Somers and President of the Senate Ogden Driscoll stating that they're completely unaware that anybody had any problems with all of these rule changes until they heard about them on social media. (laughs) I think we all know who that's referring to, don't we? Anyhow, so they sent out this letter, and they would just really appreciate it if people would talk to them before they went to other people, you know, like somebody in the media. They've decided to change the rules, and we could believe them that their intentions were entirely pure, except, of course, that they already talked about it, and I have the audio. Before I play it for you, let's do a quick recap of what they're trying to do. In the Wyoming legislature, and in most legislative bodies for that matter, in order to suspend the rules, it requires a two-thirds majority of the elected members. In the case of the Wyoming State House of Representatives, that would be 41 votes. What they're trying to do is be able to change legislative procedure by a simple majority, or 32 votes. Why are they trying to do this? Well, because Chip Nyman is the majority floor leader in the House of Representatives. The majority floor leader sets the agenda or the order of bills to be discussed on the floor of the House. So let's say, for example, a bill like maybe Medicaid expansion comes up and it gets put way down on the list for discussion. Well, that means that they could just override the decision of conservative majority floor leader Chip Nyman by a simple majority. whereas. Last year, that would have required two-thirds. Now I know that Good old Ogden and Albert have been talking to the cow pie saying, "Well, this is the way that we've always done it. But that's not true. Allow me to take you back to last session, the Fairness and Women's Sports Act. Albert Somers himself, in his capacity as majority floor leader, didn't want to talk about that on the floor, because he knew what would happen. It would pass. So instead, the House Conservatives, the Freedom Caucus, made a motion to override his decision, which required a two-thirds majority. And they didn't get it. and so the Fairness and Women's Sports Act was not debated on the floor of the legislature. So all of this business about this being how we've always done it is just as preposterous as the idea of Albert Somers being able to dunk a basketball. In fact, they talked about it August 29th of last year. In this first piece of audio, you'll hear the Legislative Service Office explaining exactly why they've, they've written it up the way that they have. Take a listen.
1: Mr. Groover. I, I guess, and Matt, note, note that uh, that comment of Senator Roethlis on uh, you know whether historic practice should be overruled by a majority or... A, or, uh, or, in fact, a suspension of the rules. And then we'll just keep that in our little chest as we go forward. And, and Mr. Chairman, um, I think the Senator brings up a really good point for you all to consider moving forward is how you want to treat that. And I, and I can just tell you this. Um, why we've done that is um, twofold. One. Uh, the lack or the the loss of institutional knowledge um,
0: that we've suffered over the last uh, five to 10 years on both the
1: staff and um, the legislator side.
0: Well, they're all new and they just don't know what's going on down here. God, I'm getting so tired of that trope. It's absolutely ridiculous. The truth is, the vast majority of the people that were elected to definitely the House of Representatives have been watching the legislature for years, and the reason they ran for office is they're sick and tired of how things have been conducted at our state capitol. To assert that they just don't know what's happening down here because they're new is completely disingenuous, and it's representative of the elitist attitude that has governed the Wyoming legislature for years. In this next soundbite, Senator Chris Rothfuss explains exactly what's going on, though it's clear that he's just providing an explanation and he's not really on either side of it. He just wants the whole discussion to be clear.
1: I
2: had naively thought that the manual was more the recommendations and, and this is how we do things, but wasn't of the standing of rules and really only a few years ago learned that it had the standing of rules i'm not entirely sure all of the members understand that it has the standing of rules and so i guess the question is should it or should a and this would be easy uh uh, from a a change of language standpoint um should this be able to be overridden by a simple majority of the body whereas the rules would still require a two-thirds majority to suspend So
0: what the senator is saying is that right now in the manual legislative procedure, there isn't a provision to override the decision of the majority floor leader. If you wanted to do that, you would have to go to the Senate or the House rules, which require a two-thirds majority. And because the Senate and House rules don't specifically list out the duties of the majority floor leader, To change any policy would require a two-thirds vote because, as you heard Senator Rothfuss say, that they always revert to the Senate rules. Well, now, with all of these proposed changes, they're going to write it up in the Manual of Legislative Procedures that that could be overridden by a majority vote. Do you see the problem here? The icing on the cake of all of this is in this next soundbite where you'll hear the Legislative Service Office explain exactly what's going to happen if they will allow everything to be overridden by a majority vote. It's absolutely amazing. Here it is. Now, this one's a little confusing because I think that he misspeaks a little bit here. Because there are certain votes in the legislature that require a two-thirds and others that can be done with a majority. I'm going to play the whole thing for you because I want you to hear what he has to say in context. But just remember that I think that there's a little bit of misspeaking going on here. The important part is right at the end where he tells you exactly what would happen to the legislature if a rule like this was passed.
1: You know, the bottom line is a majority can undo anything. Even your rule that you need a two-thirds vote to suspend the rules can be undone by a majority. And and the motion would be to suspend that rule uh, that requires that and to suspend the rule that requires a two-thirds vote to to do that. Um, The the majority always rules uh, at the end of the day. Now, does does that work, uh, Mr. Chairman? A lot of times it doesn't because uh, the argument is, well, once we start going down that road, then everything's up to a majority vote and every decision we make is a majority vote. And that would really bollocks up the whole thing. We'd never get anything done. So it's not often uh, an argument that wins the day, but at the end of the day, it does.
0: It would bollocks up the whole thing and we'd never get anything done. There's two essential points to this. First... The odd couple of Ogden and Albert are trying to get the upper hand in the legislature because they know that their liberal majority has slipped away. Second, there's absolutely no reason why the rules for the 66th legislature wouldn't work just as well for the 67th legislature. Everyone should just vote no on all of their rules changes. Period. Simple. Don't even consider them. Just vote no because there's no reason to change them from last session. Coming up, the long-awaited interview with Cheyenne legislator Tamara Trujillo, and we'll get to that next. But first, some completely outrageous self-aggrandizement. You can listen to the podcast on any of your favorite podcasting apps, iHeartRadio, Radio, iTunes, TuneIn. Really, any of them will work. But the easiest way is just to go to the website, CowboyStatePolitics.com. There, you can find all of the shows, as well as any of the articles that I might bring up during the course of a program. If you're a part of the odd couple of Ogden and Albert, and you just don't know why people won't go along with your devious plans, well, You could just go to CowboyStatePolitics.com, pull up an article, and educate yourself, just like you should have been doing before you thought of running for leadership. New Trend Hats is a company that you should really check out. They have a wide selection of hats for both men and women. And the weather being what it is, you know, winter in Wyoming? It would probably do your ears some good. They have all sorts of hats to keep the top of your head nice and toasty warm. So go check them out. NewTrendHats.com. 307 Cowboy Country is your source for backyard sheds and small buildings. If you want to put all of your summer lawn equipment in a shed and protect it from the harsh Wyoming winter, then give my friends Bryce and Melody Reese a call. 307 441 1815. Montana Shed Center. Buildings for Life. Now, if you're looking for a much larger building, like maybe a barn or a roping arena or a giant warehouse or even a garage, then you should call Nick and Jesse at Morton Buildings. Their phone number is 307-674-2532. They're the experts in what they do, and they've been doing it longer than anybody else around. So it doesn't really matter what type of metal structure you're interested in. Give Nick and Jesse a call. Again, their phone number is 307-674-2532 or you can check them out on their website at mortonbuildings.com. We've been waiting quite a while for the interview with Tamara Trujillo. It's just the nature of news that a whole bunch of different things come up right when you have other things planned. So here's my discussion with Cheyenne Representative Tamara Trujillo. Joining me via Zoom is District 44 Representative Elect Tamara Trujillo. How's it going today, Tamara?
2: It's going pretty good. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, I imagine that being a new legislator, it's a bit like drinking through a fire hose.
2: <laughs> yes, that's a nice way to put it. You know, I'm I'm really excited about going into this venture and uh it's it's a lot of learning right now, but I, I, I thrive on that. So
0: Well, there's 31 of you that either beat out incumbents or took over for somebody who's retiring. So what do you make of all of the media? I guess we can call it theorizing. Everybody's just going to have to have a huge learning curve and all the, all the old legislators are going to teach you how to do stuff. What do you make of all that?
2: It's, it's, it's a nice thought. However, um, I think even though we're new to the legislative office, We've also done our homework before even running, right? So it's not like we're not completely blind going into the game, I guess.
0: Well, it makes me laugh because, you know, out of all of the people that ran for office, you know, you and Ken Pendergraft and um, Ben Hornock. And I mean, there's a there's a whole long list. Sarah, Sarah Parker Penn. Um, there's a huge list of people that... You know, really did a lot of homework before they even signed up to run for office, and there's a definite reason. Well, Jeanette Ward, here's another great one. Um, But there's a definite reason why you guys all ran for office, and it wasn't it wasn't on a whim. I mean, you guys know the issues, and I mean, there was a reason why you ran.
2: Yes, there's a big reason why we ran, and you know, at the end of the day, well, I'm going to speak for myself, but I I love my country and I love my state, and. I believe that we need to keep it to the constitution.
0: Well, that's something that, that the guys in Cheyenne and certainly the people in Washington, D.C. seem to have a hard time with.
2: Yeah, it, it is. And then, you know, I, I find it kind of hard for me too because I'm from Cheyenne. So we, I, I feel like I automatically get lumped into that group and then being a newbie into everything, nobody's, you know, they're like, unsure on how to talk to me, but, um, you know, once we get into that conversation, then they know that I'm for, for Wyoming.
0: So let's talk about a couple of the things that you've had to deal with right out of the gate, which, which committee assignment did you get?
2: Well, I got, um, joint labor and health.
0: Well, that's probably a good one for you.
2: Yeah. I I'm I'm good with it. I, I really wasn't expecting a committee, but, and, and, but I'm glad I got this one.
0: Coming into the legislature, what are some of your priorities? What are your plans to, um, to get accomplished?
2: Well, I do want to work on getting the Women's fairness act for sports. I also want to do a little, just, so I've been thinking and, you know, about the blotter briefs, It, it may sound, it may sound really small. But this, this issue really affects a lot of like the working class um, because your name gets printed in the newspaper when you're arrested, not when you're convicted, right? So then when you go and maybe it was a false arrest or you didn't get convicted of the crime that they put you in the newspaper, but a lot of people right now... Um, workers and businesses look at those things and judge employment on that. And that's kind of not fair.
0: Well, if you think about it, no matter what the offense is, if you get stopped on the street or um, maybe you had too fun of a night, obviously that's not the best day of your life. But the system of justice we have, you're innocent until proven guilty. So I tend to sympathize with you on that one couple of things that are going to hit the legislature, and I know we already talked about one of them in the first interview we did, but why don't you just tell my listeners uh, your thoughts on the ninth push for Medicaid expansion.
2: People have been swarming me with this, especially because I come from District 44, which is um, probably one of the poorest districts and minority-filled districts. But in talking to the people, they, they understand that, it's it's not going to happen. I'm I'm not for Medicaid expansion, not only because of the fiscal member. We talked about this being fiscally responsible, but all the strings that come with Medicaid expansion. I'm still on the same boat with that one. That's a no. Oh, and
0: I, you know, the I don't know if you listened to the interview I did with Harriet Hageman. Well, the last one I did, but she she mentioned something that I was completely unaware of you know, the state provides a number to the federal government of how many people are going to sign up for this thing. And then whatever is over that number, so the number in Wyoming they've chosen is 19,000. But according to Harriet, anything over that number, the state is responsible for 100% of the costs. And when you look at all the other states surrounding Wyoming that have tried Medicaid expansion, the amount of people that are, that sign up for it is, at least three times their initial estimate. So the state is responsible for all of that, 100%. So, I mean, it would be a huge drain on Wyoming.
2: Oh, definitely would.
0: Let's talk about another issue that um, I've kind of been watching here recently. There's House Bill 0006, and that one is to make all ballots confidential so that, you know, after the election, nobody can go inspect the ballots. Have you looked at that one at all?
2: I haven't looked at that one, Um, but that doesn't sound very good.
0: Well, no. And, And when you think about the ballot, your ballot, when you go vote, there's no personally identifiable information on it. It's completely anonymous. And, you know, I look at it as just another attempt to prevent a verification of the election.
2: Even when I went to cast my own ballot, I'm looking at the piece of paper and it does not feel right to do that and i don't know if you heard what happened here in cheyenne during um the election season where we had a democrat by the name of joe ramirez running for school board posting on social media that you don't have to be a citizen to to vote oh oh lord i hadn't heard that yes and he had this post out for about six days Telling everybody to go and vote that all they had to do is have an ID and not be a citizen. So, you know, and we have all that extra time in absentee voting from September all the way to November. That's a very long time for fraud to happen, especially when you have um, people out there stating lies.
0: Well, yeah. And I, (laughs) I mean, it'd be interesting to know how many people actually tried to go vote that weren't citizens. Do you have any idea of how many that was?
2: I don't, but I do know that there were a couple people that did put a complaint into um, the Secretary of State's office. Was
0: there anything else that you're looking at um, that you want to get accomplished? That Anything that you, uh, bills that you want to sign on or that you might be sponsoring?
2: Well, there's, there's a couple of them. I want to work with the guys on, of course, the property tax issues that are going on and trying to uh, cap that for everybody. I believe that went through committee just a couple months ago and that'll be on the floor. Uh, let's see what else there is one. Um, I'm looking at the bill out of Florida for parental rights and hopefully somebody will be bringing that up and, um, I can join on with that.
0: The last question I have for you pertains to the very first thing that will happen on the floor of the legislature, and that is the passage and adoption of the rules of the of the House and the joint rules of the House and the Senate. Now I did a program not that long ago where the changes that are being proposed dramatically change how things operate inside the legislature. And first, I'd just like to ask you your thoughts on those proposed rule changes. And secondly, if you wouldn't mind, uh, your position on them.
2: You know, it, it's real interesting when somebody tries to change the rules of the game right in the middle because they see it tilting not in their favor. So I'm hoping that there's enough of us to n- not allow those to pass. I'm, I'm not for taking out that, that um, two-thirds rule.
0: That's one of the big things that they've changed. And the reason for it is we have a conservative as the majority floor leader in Chip Nyman. And they yes. know that there are certain bills that he's just not going to, you know, because he doesn't feel that they have, you know, are in line with the Constitution. You know, uh, like Medicaid expansion, we've already talked about that eight times before. So the result is probably going to be the same. But so by changing that two thirds vote, they can override anything that Chip does and that's why they've done that one um the second big change that they made and this one was creatively su- subtle but they removed the wyoming statutes from what's called the order of precedence and did you notice that one
2: i did and i was gonna call and talk on that because i i'm still trying to understand it
0: okay so it's pretty easy um So there's an order of basically documents that they look at in the legislature. And the first one is always the Constitution. And then if you imagine it kind of like a pyramid, the next Uh one up from the Constitution is the Wyoming statutes. And then it's the joint rules. And then it's the House rules. So whenever there's a question in the legislature, a bill or or a matter of procedure, they look at that order of precedence. To see if whatever's happening is in line with those things, so basically, you know, the Constitution s- sets the, the the framework for you know everything that happens in this state, and then the statutes further clarify it. So right, by removing right. the statutes, um, they've taken all of that clarification out. So in other words, uh, they've muddied the water on everything.
2: I think well, we have the votes to stop all these things that are happening.
0: Absolutely, we do. You know, there's, um, when you, when you look at incoming freshmen and the incumbents in the legislature, I think we absolutely have the vote to, to stop, you know, pretty much whatever we want. And then if we don't, you're only talking like two or three people that you've got to persuade to come to your side, but that's, that's a much lower bar than it was last year for sure.
2: Yeah. And, and I noticed that, um, when we went up to Casper to vote for our, um, leaders, and those are some pretty tight votes right then and there that day.
0: Well, yeah. You know, it's it's giving me
2: a little bit of hope.
0: <laughs> well, I think, I think that there's plenty to be hopeful about. You know, chip one by one vote, which tells you how close the margin is in there. And so, you know, there's bound to be a number of people that are kind of in the squishy middle that could go either way that you ought to be able to persuade to uh, one side or another. So I think that there's plenty to be hopeful for.
2: Yes. Well, Tamara.
0: I I appreciate you coming on the program and taking part of your lunch break to visit with me. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to say before we, uh, before I let you go?
2: No, thank you for having me. And I look forward to doing a great job for Wyoming.
0: Well, that'll do it for today's installment of morning reload. Have a good week. And we'll talk again on Wednesday from the depths of the middle swamp in Wyoming's capital, Cheyenne, Wyoming. I'm David Iverson, and this is the one and only Cowboy State Politics.